Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from your Lord, from your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is the gospel lesson that we just heard from Mark chapter 8. What do you do with a cross? Do you wear it? Do you carry it around? Do you keep it in your pocket? Or do you hide it? Or do you plant, just pretend that it isn't there? What do you do with the cross? Well, that might sound strange question. It really isn't strange. In fact, it's a question that all of us have wrestled with many times in our lives. And ever since Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We've had to wrestle with the reality of the cross. Is Jesus serious? As we walk that pilgrim path this evening, does he expect us to carry this big cross around like he did when he struggled through the streets of Jerusalem on the way to Calvary? Is that what he means? That is it just a metaphor, a, a symbol? Does it count if we wear a cross on our necklace or on our, as a necklace or keep the cross on the wall in your home? What do you do with the cross? Look around you in the church. How many crosses do you see? It seems a pretty prominent figure, symbol, doesn't it? Look at that cross. Focus just a moment. What is a cross, really? We have so many stylized versions of it, we don't really see for what it really is or what it was. A cross is simply, very simply, a, an instrument of pain, of death, of sinners. To be crucified was to be most cruel and painful death. But that's not all. To be crucified was not only to be executed, but to be shamed and to be ridiculed, to be scorned as the lowest of the low. And yet, we adore the cross. We put crosses in our, in our churches. We adorn our bodies with them and our jewelry. And yet, if we would be honest of having a cross in our church, do you know what really that's an equivalent of? It's equivalent of a hangman's rope in prominent display. It's as if we would hold a picture up of a gas chamber as a symbol of hope and life. How ridiculous. How scandalous. And yet, that is what exactly what the cross is for, a symbol of hope, a symbol of life. And by the cross, we have been justified. For it is not, what, for it is not just what that cross stands for, but what happened on a particular cross, on a particular Friday, that makes that cross a symbol of hope and a symbol of joy. It was on that cross that Jesus bore the punishment of all of our sins. It was on the cross that Jesus paid the price that not one person on this earth could pay, where he suffered the wrath of God in our place and died 
so that we would have life in his name. And we call that justification. An act, an, an act whereby we are declared righteous and holy because of the atoning death of Jesus Christ. A week passed since the Sunday school teacher had done her best to explain her, to her children the meaning of the Bible word justified. As thinking back of it, to her own opinion, she thought that she had failed miserably. And so on this particular Sunday, the next Sunday, she thought that she would determine how the extent, whether it was a failure or a success. And among her review questions of her Sunday school class, she asked, what does the Bible mean when it says to be justified by God? There was stone silence. And then a lad whose behavior had caused the teacher many a trying moment in the past, raised his hand. And he began to speak slowly and very thoughtfully. When the Bible says that I'm justified, it means no matter what I have done bad, God is willing to look at me just as I've never done it. Are you a sinner? Have you violated God's law? Have you put your own desires and your own will against God, above God? Have you failed in your attempt to walk with God? Have you turned away from God towards sin? Have you given in to temptation and done which was evil in, in God's sight? Do you deserve God's wrath and punishment because of your sin? If that describes you, then I've got good news for you. Jesus died for you. He went to the cross for you. And when he says, as we said, while we were yet sinners, that's us, sinners to the core. Christ died for us. And because of Christ's death and of his resurrection of Jesus, God declares us not guilty. Our sins are removed, and we are made new. And if we are justified by the cross of Jesus Christ, then that cross becomes for us a symbol, not of pain, not of death, not of scorn, not of shame, but of hope and joy, and life, and peace. And it is a cross of hope, and joy, and peace that we are invited by God to carry. The miracle of cross-bearing is not that we somehow find the strength in and of ourselves to become a saint like a cross-bearer, but lifting up the pain of the world and giving ourselves into suffering and death for others. No, the miracle of the cross, the miracle of the cross is that Christ bears the crosses in us, through us, and for us. The crosses that clutter our lives, the burdens that weigh us down, the crosses of others that come to you and to me seem sometimes to overwhelm us. And they are already carried by the cross that Christ carried. We do not bear others. 
we direct him to the one who had borne him on the cross. And because of that cross of Jesus Christ, we find forgiveness, we find hope, we find salvation, so we can willingly, joyfully point others to the cross. And so it's a, ta it's a joyous task to help others to see the cross for what it is, a message of forgiveness and life. It's a privilege we have been justified by Christ in his death to hold up this cross for others, to find that same joy and that same hope. What do you do with a cross? You pick it up and follow Christ? You can joyfully hold this up before people and let them see Christ. That's what you do with a cross. Amen.